Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. What's up, guys? Iman, what's up, bro? Dude, I love it. What, the song? Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God, yeah. Guys, we want to thank our supporters, HavocJournal.com, JimJunkies.com, VectorShields.com, WellnessForWarriors.live, LiveBoston617.org, EagleEyeFirearmsMA.com, ODKit.com. We want to thank everybody for listening, man. We've we've hit some milestones with our numbers. Yeah, over 5,000 now. Over 5,000 all over the world. Our YouTube is growing. Please, 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 please get on YouTube and subscribe to us. It helps. Mm-hmm. Hit the like button and subscribe. Please, please, please. So, Iman. Yes. We have a very interesting, very interesting article that you yeah. had written for Havoc Journal. Yes. Um, let me pull this bad boy up. It's in line with everything going on today, and these things need to be talked about, right? Oh, yeah, big time. There we are. Police training or lack thereof. Yes. Talk so, to me, brother. All right, man. So real quick, we'll, we'll, we'll dive a little into uh, the most recent uh, event that happened in uh, Brooklyn Center, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Best labeled as fuckery. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it's not good. And and not good as in you know poor uh, guy. Yes, he had a uh, like a misdemeanor warrant, whatever. Sure. And uh, resistant. I mean, that's all. That's part of the job. Right. Uh, problem I have is the um, obviously like everybody else, uh, the whole thought it was a taser, but it was the firearm thing. It was really strange when I when I heard the first report of that. Yeah. Because it's like, all right, guys make mistakes. Yeah. How bad of a mistake are you going to make? How like untrained are you? Yeah, that that's going to happen, right? Did it not cross your mind? It did. I mean, and then and then I learned, you know, the the officer, uh, I believe Kim Wright. Yeah, and I'm and I'm not dogging her. No, I, no, I mean, no, like, I'm not, not not at all. Uh, I'm not dogging uh, her. I'm not uh, dogging uh, the uh, victim, uh, Duante Wright, at all. Um, it, it's you know, she, I guess she's been on the job uh, 26 years. Oh. And it, it, you know, the, Kim Potter's, right? so so it it, uh, it the question is, um, you know, obviously, what kind of training, right? Has the, have has she gone undergone or their department undergone with uh, especially stress inoculation? If you're fighting with somebody, know your tools. Do you know what to reach for? Yeah. Uh, even when you're not looking, right? Because your eyes are on the suspect, you need yep. to know how your gun belt's set up. Absolutely. Without looking. And that's something we always train at SWAT over and over again where we don't look. We know. Blindfolded sometimes. Yeah, we know where our gear is at all times. So let me ask you. I didn't look into too much of her background, but a buddy of mine had told me, and tell me if this is true, because I know you did a lot more research into it. Mm-hmm. A buddy of mine had told me that she was like a desk jockey, and they pulled her out of her admin assignment to put her into the street to cover the stuff that's going on in Minneapolis. Is that gotcha. true? I, I don't know. That part I don't know. Okay. That part I did not I did not 
If anybody does know, let let us know because yeah. it it came from two different people that don't really talk to each other, and I was like, well, that's interesting. Yeah, you know what I mean. Which you know what, it, it, it's not out of the realm, right. realm of possibility because that does happen. It happens a lot. Sometimes you have desk desk jockeys that have to hit the road because manpower issues, right. whatever. And it's and not dogging them. No, it's not it's, dogging them. It's just they should be getting trained before they're getting put on the road because. Well, not just training, they should be training with patrol right. the entire time. Constantly. Constantly, you know? Every single one of the things that we do is a perishable skill. Oh, my God, yeah. Except for the interpersonal stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. everything we do is yeah. an inter... It, it's a perishable skill. Oh, absolutely. So... Absolutely. So, so you know, I just wanted to really quick uh, dive into uh, Minnesota, but... Uh, and, and it goes back to police training. And then yeah. the reason why I call it, la- or lack thereof, because in reality... There's not enough. Or a majority of the training is the whole checkbox. Yeah. And that's it. We say it a million times. Yeah, we say it a million times. Exactly. So, you know, I've been a cop for over a decade. You've been a cop for over a decade. And you see it. The quality of training just started going downhill. Yeah. One, because budgets, you know, budget cuts to departments and stuff like that. And, And it's hard to find actually quality courses out there for law enforcement to train here let me give you my honest two cents about training yeah right and why i wanted to do project sapient with with you especially right with you know you and the group that we have together yeah the group that we have is just a bunch of badasses i'm not talking about you and i right well they're yeah i know you i know i'm sorry i didn't i didn't mean to hurt your feelings (laughs) but but you know what i mean like the group that we have it's they're not blowing smoke up people's asses like these guys have been through the shit yeah they know they know what they're talking about and they've, they've trained future generations, right? You know, so it, well, exactly. They've been to war. They've yeah. trained certain uh, generations. Yeah. But the the one thing, and I remember talking about it with you before we even talked about it with anybody, is I said, being in our space in the SWAT space, we get approached for training all the time. Yeah. There's a million fucking companies out there. Yeah. We want to train you in room clearing. We want to train you in this. And John's an expert in this. And Mike's an expert in that. And yeah. Samantha's an expert in this. Yeah. And it's like, there's a million fucking experts out there. Oh, my God, yeah. And we wanted to do things differently. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It, it, in a way, I don't blame these companies because they're a business. Well, yeah. Right? And they're trying to get as much money as they can. But they they approach these departments. And the chiefs, there are obviously budget restraints and stuff. Yeah. Right? They're going for the lowest bidders. Oh, absolutely. The competition is crazy. Yeah. So what happens when there's too much competition? Quality is redu- reduced. Oh, big time. Big time. You know? And, and you know, so 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 the classes that, that are really good, though, are extremely expensive. Yeah. Which me and you talked about just right before the show. Right, yeah. Um, I mean, you're talking how much, how much do you think? Well, usually... Is four hundred dollars, okay. four or five hundred dollars per officer on in a quality class. Yep. I'm talking about. Um, so how can police departments send officers to quality training when they face crippling budget cuts every year, especially with this whole defund movement and departments are getting cut left and right? Some actually have uh, good backbone leadership and even good backbone politicians that say, "No, we're not cutting the budget. We're actually going to increase it." Yeah, for training. And that's the way to do it. Like, oh, all right, that that actually helps. Um, so to get quality officers, cities and towns have to invest in their officers. We talked about that last episode, and even I think the one before that. And the one before that. You know, you gotta you gotta spend money on your employees. Well, on your employees. Did did you not see that in the military? Oh my god, yeah. They have to as as much as it sucked, right? 
you have to do things for for the special ops guys. Yeah. Right. We were talking tier one people. Yeah. You know how much they're taken care of. Oh my god. You're yeah. talking like water tanks and shit. Yeah. Right. Isolation yeah. chambers and yeah. cold therapy and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You're the hardest guys on the planet. Oh yeah. Being taken care of. Yep. Because they come back better and stronger. Yep. You know what I mean? 100%. I'm not. I'm not saying we need to do that for yeah patrol. Well, well here's the thing. To me, you know, like we've talked about with the whole special forces doctrine and stuff like that, and yeah. applying it to policing. Um, what we do day in and day out out there is talking to people, uh, interviewing people, um, um, assessing, right. uh, executing, whatever. Not executing. Not executing. Yeah, execute you guys know plans. what he meant. <laughs> well, I have to say it because you never know. There might be some asshole, a Chad or a Karen out there <laughs> that will all of a sudden say that these guys are talking about executing people. Oh my God, he said he's going to execute me. <laughs> yeah. Fuck out of here. Yeah, exactly. So Sorry. execute a plan. So, and a lot of it is is you know what I found, especially like you know in my unit, what what we've been doing is. Winning the hearts and minds and going into bad areas and and empowering the people mm -hmm. to to uh, take care of their neighborhoods, stuff like that. I mean, does that all sound a little familiar? A little familiar, right? So when you don't invest in your police officers, you get what you get. I mean, there's a saying yeah. in the military that goes like this: If you take care of your equipment, the equipment takes care of you. You take care of your employee; the employee takes care of you. Hundred percent. That's it. Whole body, though. Whole body, not, not just not yeah, exactly, not just trained, but mentally, physically, exactly, ev socially, yeah, everything. You get get. I was studying for not to get on a tangent, but I was studying for the promotional exams, right? Yep. And one of the biggest uh, uh, chiefs, I'll, I'll mention his name, Tim Gillette. He's a, he's retired. He's amazing. He was a chief in a giant department down in Florida. Okay. Taught me a lot. Okay. Taught me a lot. And he, he, we were doing a lot of the oral stuff, and he was getting into, you need to, as a supervisor, be able to recognize somebody whole body. Yeah. And recognize everything that's in your department, from your stress units, to your medical units, to your yep. gyms, to your this, to your that. And I got to give it to the departments in Florida. He was floored when I would tell him information about us. He was like, what do you mean you got to pay for a gym? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what the hell do you mean? He was, he was like blown away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he was like, okay, you guys have a stress unit that's great. He's like, we have like a three-tier system yeah. here where you get caught with drugs. I'm not saying that it, it's good to get caught with drugs. Yeah. You get caught with drugs, you get three strikes. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have a, a bad IA complaint, there's your second strike. You have another one, there's your third. Now you're out. Yeah. But at least they have a system. Yeah. It's that progressive discipline that we talk about too. Yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah, exactly. So, all right, back to your article. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No worries. So, so now- Part of my article, I go into the training, kind of some of the training that we do. And, you know, with, with tough budgets, uh, chiefs are left with tough decisions to which type of training to send their officers to. And a lot of them, unfortunately, are those um, check-in-the-box yeah. type training. Because, yes, their hands are tied sometimes. And, you know, I feel for them that they really want, the chiefs really want the best training for their employees. But they get shorthanded when it comes to every, you know, Every year when they do their budgets with right. the uh, city council or town managers or whatever, they always get, you know, <laughs> railroaded. Um, but in the end, though, uh, well, actually, let me let me back up for a second. So in the West Coast, a buddy of mine, he's a, he's a cop out there, uh, Washington State. And he told me budget cuts were so bad that for eight years they did not have in-service. Eight years. Eight years. Due to budget cuts. 
I'm, like, I don't know what to say. Yeah. And How for, do you not have in-service? And for those who, uh, civilians who don't know what in-service is, it's basically uh, a quick uh, refresher. Yeah. Uh, basically, it's like law updates, legal updates, uh, DT instruction, uh, whatever else. Um, little yeah. little things that yeah. you can lose yeah. over time. Yep, yep. Uh, so oh so so it's it's those little things that that <laughs> I mean for eight years I don't like I don't know if they had to do their own you know where because you got to get certified uh, for us you guys get certified every year CPR AED yeah. right you know so I don't know how they did that over in the in the West Coast they must have done it in house I'm guessing they must have you know checked the box fucking <laughs> so yeah exactly checking the box there we go it's done so. Let's think about it for a minute, right? Some of the training police officers are required to do, officers are required um, to qualify with their department-issued firearms, conduct defensive tactics, de-escalation training, use of force training, legal updates, CPR, AED, and so much more. So when you cut those budgets, and for eight years, these guys aren't really doing that, I mean, that's, that's a disservice to the, to the people. Everything that you were talking about is all in-service kind of stuff, right? Yeah. They cut it for eight years. So you had guys that were not doing firearms training, that were not doing defensive tactics, de-escalation. What a recipe for disaster. Was it oh, a yeah. tiny department or? Uh, no, it's a major department. It's a major department too. Yeah, yeah I think they got over 3,000. I tell my kids all the time, you get what you get and you don't get upset. Yep. Well, here here yeah. you go, John Q. Public. Yep, yep. So, so let's talk about firearms training, right? Yes. Firearms, and then we'll 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 dive into uh, another article actually that I read, which we didn't post, but uh, we'll I'll I'll talk about it. I um, wanted to put the guy with the pew pew on there. <laughs> so, so now the question is, how often do you now to the civilians? How often do you think a patrol officer qualifies with their weapon? Once w- a month. I would say they have this image that it's once a month. Yeah, yeah, once every couple months. Yeah. You'd be lucky to get once a year. Once a year. And what do they get? 50 to 100 rounds, and that's it. That's that's the training. That's the average. And let's call a spade a spade. Sometimes it's a modified qual. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. A lot of guys just heard that and went, ah! Yeah. What? Yeah, fuck you. It's a modified qual sometimes. Uh, qual. Yeah. Spare me. Yeah. So, so unless the officer is part of a specialty unit like SWAT and uh, that get all the range time all the time and uh you know in the end officers have to train on my own yeah on their own i mean and and i've done it also where i go to range on by, on my own a lot of times just to brush up just on, because on tactics and and because i i like knowing that i know what i'm doing you, you know? knock some rust off make exactly. your make your mistakes on the line exactly exactly actually we were just talking about that we uh, my swat training uh, yesterday yeah, yeah oh my yeah, god yeah. talk about get your ass beat Ooh, like well deep angles right working deep angles and and that's yeah and you know th- if you have tunnel vision it really shows with the deep angles because you'll miss deep angles and dark corners bro yeah you'll miss those deep angles and dark corners I, because I that's tunnel it. vision oh yeah, they they. Uh, but again, like we said, I'd rather make those mistakes in training that way in in, in in an actual op. And you guys use sims, right? Oh yeah. One of the good things when we ever did deep angles, and you know this, I mean, you're an instructor too. When you, when you're working those angles, you yeah. get perfect ass shots. Oh my god, yes, I love it. No matter how much you're wearing, <laughs> yeah, 
And I said it to you. I think I said it to you on text. Those yeah. fucking sim rounds yeah. sting. Oh, yeah, they do. And it's it burns into you what it's you a, just it's did. A great, uh, 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 it's a great, uh, what did you say, like a uh, training tool or whatever, like, you know, a lesson learned yeah. thing yeah. because you're like, there you go. I used to get these welts on my ass. I'm going to show you guys right now. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. I was gonna, I'm like, yep, shut it down. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> but no, they hurt, right? Oh, yeah, they do. Fucking oh, yeah, A. They do. Um, so... I'm going to dive into this article real quick. Mm. It's written by Force Science Institute. They were actually talking about unintended, a theory of taser and weapon confusion, right? Yeah. So this kind of ties into what I was, what I'm getting into on my uh, article for police training and, and lack thereof, right? So they ask a question: How does uh, how does an officer draw and fire the pistol when it's it's clear they intended to draw and discharge the taser? So when an officer first learns to draw their pistol. They may require intense focus to defeat the holster's retention features, you know, secure proper grip, all that good stuff. You see that all the time. See it all the time. Yeah. And they start, you know, when, when they're really training and drawing their weapon, drawing their weapon, drawing the weapon, it becomes automatic, right? It, it, all of a sudden, they're so fast, they'll, they'll uh, unholster their weapon, boom, they're, they're good to go, ready to go. Yep. So they talk about this thing called capture error, right? A capture error can occur... Wait, say that again? What is it? It's called capture error. Okay. That's that's their wording. A capture error can occur when an infrequent action, like drawing a taser, is non-consciously substitute, substituted by a, a similar, more familiar, more practiced action, like drawing a firearm. Yep. You know, so, so that's very... Uh, as soon as I read that, I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. that's true. So how often do people train on holstering their taser, if they carry a taser? Probably never. They probably get the initial fucking training to yeah. carry. Yeah. And then it's probably done with because yeah. in people's minds is that we never have to do that. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, the thing is, though, like, like they said over here, uh, you know, you sus you're susceptible to this type of error when they are occupied by other mental processes. And for police, these processes could involve time-compressed threat assessments. Yeah. So, which makes perfect sense. When we have a to make a split-second decision to go to whatever tool... We need our mind or our body, our mind and body are, is going to go to something that is familiar. We might be thinking OC spray or taser. But you're going to your holster. But you're going to your holster. Right. Um, so, and what's funny is early, like I'm trying to remember, early on in my career, I do remember that. I'm doing that? Of going to my holster, but then moving to my OC spray. So it's your automatic first action. Yeah, automatic first action because... And then you move. Because I've trained so much it. on the holster, but again, with, with experience and everything, I started going directly to OC spray. Wow. But again, though, it, 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 it made perfect sense because at the range, you know, you get two, one, two weeks at the range during the academy, and all you're doing, holster and boom, holster right. and boom. Hold, and you it's know, drilled into it's you. It's drilled into you over and over and it's, over again. It's made into that muscle memory. Exactly. So when I'm when I'm dealing with whatever threat assessment I was dealing with and all that, my hand would go bam, and then like it'll go right to my holster, and then go right to the I'll go right to OC. I never thought about this, dude. Think and, about I, it. And I haven't read this article. Yeah, this is very interesting. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's science. It that's what it is. So <laughs> they say capture errors fall under the category of performance errors known as slips. Slips occur when someone has the right intention but fails in its execution and they gave a perfect easy example when you go to rent a car yeah you go in it's a different car what is a slip that you might do right let's say you drive a uh, same exact truck except 
your gear shift is not here, it's here. You're reaching for the gear shift. You're reaching for the gear shift. Yeah. That's a slip. I can't tell you how many times I've done that yeah. from my personal vehicle that, to the cruiser. So, so they made it so simple yeah. that that's exactly what happens. Fucking A. It's a slip, right? So human factors researchers have observed that slip errors can se- have severe consequences, and they're difficult to res- reduce even with training visual cues and increased motivation. Experts and novices are susceptible to slip errors. All the time. It's natural. All the time. It's natural. You know, and, and how long have we been driving? Yet we still, we would do right. that. You know, I mean, it's, 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 so efforts to reduce errors by inserting visual cues, weight disparities, and audible warnings can be affected by attentional limitations. Humans perceive what they pay attention to. Yeah. Which is 100% right. So took this neurology class uh, in college a while back. And I remember the professor saying, you know, when, when our eyes focus on something, that's all we see. So he had us take our, our textbook and said, look at a word and try to read the whole paragraph by looking at the word. Yeah. You can't do you it. You can't do it. You can't do it because your eyes are focused. Your brain is, is using its energy for that. Exactly. It, <sighs> it, it, I mean, it, this whole article made perfect sense. And Can and, we post that article? It's the, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we'll, like we'll, I'll post it on this oh, yeah, episode. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would, I, I would absolutely. Well, guys, post to read it. through it. So, so it's, it's so, you know, like I do a lot of shooting and training with my weapon. I'm on SWAT team, so I have the luxury of getting extra time at the range. Yep. But that doesn't mean my training ends there. Like I said, I always train. You know, whether I'm off duty, you know, I'm I'm going to the range on my own. You know, so to me, I owe it to people that I swore to protect. I owe it to the officers I work with. So. An officer who carries a gun qualifies once or twice a year. It's up to the individual officer to get more training. And why is that? Why does the officer have to continuously seek training with budget cuts? I've had officers pay for their own training. For their own training. Yeah, I've done it. You know, so so it's like it, it it's not good, you know, to 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 be uh, put into that position where you're in a trade. Right, policing is a trade because it requires uh, skills and 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 knowledge and all skill that skill sets. Skill sets, right? Yet we don't get enough training to do the skill set. Think about it: you get trained to become a plumber. Yeah, you get trained to become an electrician. Yeah. You do all that. I'm sure there's some things that you seek out on your own. Yeah, when you're doing that, but I, I'm they're not detrimental to the job. Yeah, but the, to get certified as an electrician or plumber is a couple of years. Right. It's not a six-month class. But what I'm trying to say is all these things that guys are doing on their own and paying for their own and all that, they're detrimental to life and death. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, oh, my God. You're not going to fuck up a wiring, which oh, fucking up a wiring job is very dangerous, right? Yeah, but you yeah. know what I'm trying to say. Like, this is detrimental to your health. It's detrimental to the public. Yep. Wow, man, there's a, there's a lot of good points in everything you're talking about here. So, you know, going back to the for science, they say the police are not unique in their susceptibility to performance errors. Nearly every industry involving interaction of humans with machines has studied performance and decision-making errors. In addition to policing, the medical, engineering, and aeronautical professions continue to study and build into their products and processes ways to prevent, reduce, mitigate, and uh the consequences of errors and and you know it's it's like 100 percent right on right we always yep. train we always well not we but but the profession needs to train all the time to help alleviate 
or or reduce these types of errors. So, you know, it goes back to asking about Minnesota. How often did again? If if it's true that she was a desk jockey and and got put on the road, it makes sense. It makes sense. How, you know, she meant to go for her taser, but went for her firearm. And right. again, tragic that it happened that way. And, yeah. and she's arrested now and uh, being charged, I believe, with manslaughter, manslaughter. or something like that. Um, and it thing is though, like like I agree with this article. Humans will always make errors. Even so, efforts to prevent errors, interrupt errors, or mitigate consequence errors, including engineering or product design, are often studied and implemented, right? Training the mental and physical processes involved in a task, including training to maintain optimal arousal states. Giggity. <laughs> may also mitigate the frequency of error during critical incidents. So stress inoculation training stress is what, inoculation. They're, what they're talking about. Right? Why isn't that being done enough? You know, all these things that you're saying to me give me some realizations. Like, I, I'm, like, visualizing this shit, yeah. right? It's not because I have two hours of sleep. But, <laughs> but, like, everything that you're saying is diving into a lot of the science. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking the public and how much the public is unaware of everything. Yeah. 90%, tell me if I'm wrong, too, right? This is the purpose of what we do. 90% of the public goes to a job or a trade, mm-hmm. they're trained in it, mm-hmm. and then they've... They're fucking done. Yeah. They work that job for the rest of their lives. Yeah. Unless they get promotions and then yeah. they have to get retraining. Yeah. But yeah. even then, you get a promotion, you get trained on something, yeah. and it's over. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I'm thinking, I don't know, dude, maybe because I'm tired, but maybe that's one of the key issues that the public needs to understand is that the skill sets, the pistol crafts, the fucking defensive tactics, all that stuff, these aren't things that you can learn once. No. They're perishable. They're perishable. You and have guys train. need them. Guys and girls need them. Yeah. And, Maybe that's something that the public, the media probably caught on to it, but they haven't been able to spin it right to make it profitable for them. Yeah. Maybe that's something that we need to get out there. Here's the thing, like with, like with me, right? I believe an officer needs to be an expert with their less lethal and lethal weapons. They yeah. need to know it like the back of their... I mean, that's the military. They will blindfold you. You got to take apart an M4, put it back together, and they'll time you on everything. Everything is timed. I, yep. I, I remember having to do that with my pistol, M4, uh, saw... Uh, 249, yeah. 240 Bravo machine gun, and the 50 cal. Taking apart a 50 cal is a motherfucker. Yeah, and I know guys in the military that have handled 50 cals know exactly what I'm talking about. That thing is the biggest jigsaw puzzle I've ever seen, and I hated it every time. But point is, you're timed. And the time is there to induce stress. Exactly. Time's there to induce stress, so you, that way you get it done and, and, and you know, you're able to take it apart, put it back together. Right. So they need to. So, so in the end, officers need to be able to fire their weapon with precision. And I'm not talking about John Wick shooting, you know. I'm talking about like real. He's pretty listening. cool in real life, dude. I know, I know. <laughs> I've seen Keanu. He's a badass with the gun. But, but again, though, yeah. how, how did he yeah. get there? Training. Training. Over and over and over and over again. That's what you got to do. And and that's what I've done with with guys on the teams where I have the shot clock, right? And it makes the beep. They unholster, shoot. And, you know, we make a a fun thing out of it, like, you know, timing. And you see by the fifth or sixth draw, they are lightning fast. Lightning fast. And accurate. Even more accurate because they stop thinking about everything that they need to do and they just got it done. They're getting out of their own heads. Exactly. Because the only thing they're thinking about, the only thing they're thinking about is that stimulus of the beep and the target downrange. Pavlov's dogs, man. Exactly. Ding. I mean, he had, he had a point to that. He did. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. So, so if you don't have patrol guys, right, I, I believe the calls. Are should, we back in your article? Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, you're going to go down to, I'm over the paragraph list, think about this. Oh, okay. I'll find it. Keep going. Yeah, yeah. So, so I believe the quals should be a combat shoot course with different types of targets, such as shoot, don't shoot targets. Yeah. I believe that they're going to be they, the targets, you know, hostage rescue type targets, moving targets, targets that would cause an officer to think on their feet. As a result, you get a better trained officer and more confidence in the use of their weapons, whether it's less lethal or lethal. Yeah. So why, you know, so so we know the quals around here. They're a fucking joke. It is a joke. You know, you, you're like, okay, turn left. Now turn, you know, face center, fire two rounds. Turn right. Then face center, fire two, you're like, really? I, I'll tell you, one of the biggest things with me getting proficient in my firearms skill sets was how much fun it became. Oh, yeah. Yes, there was pressure. Yep. Yes, there was a lot of fucking pressure, and the quals were totally different. You know I don't have to tell you. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of fun involved, and it's one of the best ways to teach. Yeah. Right? Having fun with something instead yeah. of being degraded over it. Yeah. You know, so maybe that's another thing that we should actually think of with our firearms training is to bring in a little bit of a fun factor to these things. Well, it, it, here's the thing. Like, I've I've tried and I've heard and, and I like it that you can take the qual, make the qual, and it still be the qual, but make it a combat shoot course. Oh, yeah. Throw some obstacles. Throw yeah, some throw, fucking time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can, you can make it fun. I went to a range one time with a buddy of mine, mm-hmm. right? And inside, it was an indoor range. And inside, the guys at the range were awesome. They had these uh, blue and red strobe lights. Mm. And I was, like, looking at it, and I'm like, dude, it was the old-fashioned, yeah. not strobe lights. It was the old-fashioned, uh, the you know, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the, the turn yeah, lights. Yeah. I was like, I asked one of the instructors, one of the maintenance guys, whatever it was, I was like, hey, can I turn the lights off and turn those on? And he was like, yeah, you're a cop. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. And it was the most fun I've ever had. Yeah, yeah. It was the most fun. Yeah. Because talk about, you know, your nighttime the stimuluses are fucking go. The stimuli are going off. You're yeah. in your element. You see the blue lights and yeah. all that shit. Yeah. Why can't we do that normally? Well, so uh, recently, uh, my chief, we actually were able to uh, shoot from inside the cruiser. <laughs> what? Yeah, we took the uh, he had. We took the front windshield off. Oh. And what we did is we <laughs> yeah no so well trust me there were, we had to do some things to come, and it's it was one of the spare cars so <laughs> yeah we took that front windshield out but the guys on patrol loved it yeah because it was different because they were it forced to, they were forced to unholster while seated and shoot from their vehicle inside did, did their vehicle did you just do this yes this was uh, actually we did it uh, prior to COVID well I know actually uh, shortly after when things started to slowly open up in COVID so I believe what are we went to so it was during the uh, fall quals okay we did that awesome man yeah I mean that was you know people loved it it was fantastic training and so going back to training though uh, now we're going to talk about dominant non-dominant side right now, where, where am I here no now now this is just I'm I'm just kind of going okay uh, okay okay stuff that uh, that I've read and seen and and whatnot. gotcha so it still has to do with the training aspect of policing. Um, one thing for science uh, brought up is to mitigate taser weapon confusion. Axon 
and police uh, administrators and police leadership uh, recommended that you carry a taser on the don- non-dominant side, which is true. That's what I do. Makes sense. My my taser is right here on this side of me. It, it gives you that split second of a decision-making process. Exactly. So wh- when you carry that, the position may prompt the officer to draw and deploy the taser with a motor movement that is distinct from those required to draw their pistol, which is true. I, don't, I never cross-draw my firearm. I, that's yep. that's fucking movie shit. That yeah. that's not, that shit doesn't or fucking sorry, Keanu. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, you know, that that's unrealistic yeah. to do that. Um, it has to, you know, it also been suggested that the color of the taser and the weight of the taser can mitigate the risk. I mean, no, of course, no, no. Again, but the thing is, though, know your weapon system. Know what you have on your gun belt. Yep. Right. It, it freaking practice. Get, do. Fucking 50 jumping jacks, get your heart rate up. You know, induce some stress in yourself. Am I? Do you carry a taser? Yes. Which one do you have? We have the X2. I'm trying to think, because I remember on, so my duty pistol was a 1911. Okay. And it had like the, it had the backdrop yeah. safety and then it yeah. had the click safety. Yeah. I could swear, tell me if I'm wrong, because I don't carry it anymore. Is the safety on that a flip up or a flip down? On the, on the taser. Uh, on the taser flip up. It's a flip up. See, yeah. that's a distinct difference that I only just realized yeah. after 10 years of carrying it. Yeah. The safety on the 1911 yeah. was a flip down. Yeah, flip down, exactly. On the on the, on the, on uh, the taser, taser it was, was a flip up. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yep. Maybe that's so, why they're a billion dollar company. <laughs> but again, though, they, they, they already put the, re- the formula out there to mitigate that risk. That way you don't confuse your farm. Sure. I believe... Uh, even few years back, I don't remember which police department where the cop accidentally shot another guy, you know, lay on top of him, shot him in the back. He thought it was his taser. It's because he had the taser and the firearm on the same side. On the side. same side. I remember and that. He just, yeah, so he grabbed the wrong tool and, again, unfortunately killed somebody. Yeah. And, and you know, that it, it, it goes back to training and, and even realizing that it's a bad idea. So we were talking about this one cop we had on our job. Um and what he would do is he had his baton behind his pistol. God, I hate that. It drives yeah. me nuts. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Nuts. And or the flashlight right behind it, too, or sometimes. Flashlight. Oh, yeah. my God, drives yep. me nuts. To me, there's nothing around the firearm. Absolutely not. Nothing. The firearm is the only thing that's there. Do you ever do that motion at the range, or do you make your guys do it where, when after you insert a mag, you, you manually yeah. clear it? Yep. That, to me, is huge yep. huge i've gotten out of my car with a fucking mag missing and it was yep. like the end of the world <laughs> right so i all i'm constantly doing that check oh, the yeah. mag check make sure there's nothing i always on it. do oh my god so go yeah yeah so so <laughs> so even although we are unaware so this is going back to four signs so although we are unaware of a documented taser weapon confusion incident that involved drawing a taser with the non-dominant hand we recognize that even this mitigation process like a, or a vest carrying holster option may come with its own performance and safety trade-offs, right? As a, pol- yep. as the police profession considers ways to mitigate risk, taser weapon confusion, the most promising solution may be found in a holistic approach, Ooh. right? A better understanding of human performance under stress, more effective training and modified equipment design. I mean, isn't this shit what we always talk about? Always. Right. It's amazing how they've just articulated it, made it into a science. Yeah. 
and that's what we've been talking about. We, you know, with Project Sapien, one of the one of the biggest backbones to it is that stress inoculation training, where you're going to learn about yourself. You're going to learn shit about yourself that you didn't know. Exactly. Twenty and, years in policing, you're going to learn shit. Exactly, and and it's going to be that stress induced uh, training that is going to make you better. Yeah. It's not about doing shark attacks as drill sergeants or whatever. It's not any of that. And none of our guys, none of our trainers are about any of that. Yeah. <laughs> we can induce stress easy. Yeah. Just by simple timelines, simple right. whatever. It's, it's, it's words. Sometimes. Words. Exactly. It, it's not going to be hard to do. Right. But the idea is with these stress inoculation type trainings, you will be able to realize, again, your own personal performance. And then we will give you the tools or theories or whatever where you can apply them to your work and apply them at home holistically. Right. Because policing is not about just, yeah, you can turn it off when you go home. No, the reality, it doesn't. Right. There's a level that you do, right? Exactly. It's a comfort level of mine. I tell yeah. you all the time. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? But it's never off. No, no. You're, you're always there. It's on a dimmer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You just slightly dim it. Right. But then, you know, let's say once you see something, though, that dimmer goes right up. Yeah. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. My vacation's ruined. Let's leave. Dude, quick story. Yeah. Quick story. I'm, I'm driving to work the other night. I'm driving up uh, by Route 1, up by Gillette Stadium, right? Mm -hmm. And I see headlights in front of me mm -hmm. coming at me. Yeah. And I start flashing my lights at this guy. Yeah. He's on the wrong side of the road. Oh, boy. Okay. He's on the wrong side of the road. He's not going super quick. Like, not going super quick. I look at my rear view. Like, I do all my stuff, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I pull my truck. This is my, my POV. Yeah. I pull my truck. I block the lanes. I get out, and I'm fucking getting, like, it, like stop to this guy. And as I'm doing it, I'm like, I'm off duty. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I just realized I'm off duty. But the way I came across to this guy, he was like, oh, shit. And I was like, turn around. And he turned around, and I didn't pull him over. I talked to him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, fuck, it really never is off. No. It never, never is. is. No, it never is. Like you said, you dim it, but the minute you see something, then you act, you know, right without, without realizing. Um, so, so I, I, people always ask me about defensive tactics. How much do you train in defensive tactics? And so my own training is from years and years and experience. years of martial arts yeah. and experience and, and fighting personally, <laughs> school fighting and, and whatever. Bully. So, so. Well, I, someone had to take care of the bullies. <laughs> yes. All right? Yes. Bullies are actually some of the biggest pussies I've ever oh, met in I my life. I know that. I know that. So it's, it's, it's easy. Cry baby but, bitches. Exactly. Right, but, so, here's the reality. The approved defensive tactics that officers get trained, they are not fucking realistic. Let, let's, be, let's, let's get real about it. Cuffing. Yeah. Cuffing alone. Yeah. It, it, it is the most unrealistic thing. Oh, hey, turn your wrist... Thumbs up. You got me. Blah, blah, blah. That, today, you know, that, that arrest I was telling you about. Yep. Mangy fucking asshole. Yep. Do you think I told that individual to turn around, thumbs behind, you know, behind your back, wrist, turn your thumb up? You know what it reminds me of? What's that? It reminds me of, remember the movie Demolition Man? Yes. Where fucking, it was it Wesley Snipes? Yeah. He gets out. He gets, he's like, what was he doing? He was trying to get him like ATM, whatever he was trying yeah, to do. Yeah, and yeah. the cops show up and they're like, they pull out their iPads and they're yeah. like, speak to the individual in yeah. a firm but tone manner. You know Sir, what? 
You know what? Please, that's what it's coming down to. That, that, I was just going to say that. That's what it's becoming. That's what it's becoming. That's what, exactly. And then Wesley Slipes kips fucking everybody's ass. Yes, exactly. Because they didn't know how to fight. Uh, speak to him in a more firm manner. Yeah, exactly. Like, what? Exactly. <laughs> so, so it, it, it's, you know, so it's not a proof. It's not realistic, right? This is pushing a subject away from you and trying to get him into an armbar, then arresting them once again. It's not realistic. It doesn't happen that way. It, a violent subject who is about to get arrested is not going in handcuffs without a fight. Let me ask you a question. How many times... It just popped into my head of a certain person. Mm. How many times have you dealt with a criminal or somebody that you're arresting and they're like, motherfucker, I'm a boxer. Okay. Let's, how, let's how many box. times have you dealt with yeah, it right? And you're yeah. like, motherfucker, we're not in a ring. Yeah, exactly. Let's box. <laughs> right? It, it comes back to that reality. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can be trained and uh, we can check the box and say that we trained oh, yeah. in boxing yeah, or in defensive tactics. But the second that the heart rate goes up on the street, the unforgiving street, mm-hmm. it's a different story. Oh, way different story. Way different story. And, and you know, so... so and during the span of my career, so far I've gotten into probably a handful of physical altercations where, uh, you know, when affecting an arrest, it happens. And some people get shocked about it. Like, you know, when, with the John Q. Public, you know, when they when they start cry- crying about excessive force or whatever. Yeah. It's like bad, evil people could care less about going quietly. Yeah, I know. It's going to they be violent and it's not going to look pretty. Now, I don't know about... Movies like freaking Jason Bourne or whatever, and it makes it look fancy with the hand movements and all that great chore- choreographed very fighting. Very awkward. Choreographed fighting. Right. We don't choreograph out on the streets. It's very awkward. It's very awkward. <laughs> it, it's extremely awkward. Now, a, a lot of times we, as police professionals, are trying to do least amount of damage yep. to the other uh, to the person we're about to arrest. That's another thing that the public needs to get. I cannot wait to get my hands on the public in some of these trainings. Yeah. Cannot wait to show them how much restraint you actually have to use. Yeah. How impossible it is to fucking handcuff somebody. Yeah. Right? That doesn't want to be fucking handcuffed. Yeah. And, like, the amount of restraint that you're going to use, it's not an all-out fight. No. You're you're holding back a lot. A lot. A lot. At least I was. I know you have. So. Yeah, I mean, uh, there are times where, trust me, the the street kid in me comes out, yeah. has to come out. <laughs> you shanking and like, dudes. And like, dude, <laughs> fucking annihilate this guy. And you know, you're like, no, no, I can't. And you know, you just do. You take his you. wallet and walk away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Give me that shit. This is mine now. Is that your girl? She's mine she now mine too. Now. <laughs> That's never happened. Anyway, Pete's reliving his childhood. By the way. <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, but that's the reality. Again, people have lost sight of what reality really is. It, it, Instagram living. Yeah, Instagram living, filters, fucking Snapchat, whatever. And it's, it's unreal to me that, well, it shouldn't, you know, it shouldn't surprise me anymore with the lack of awareness the public has on what goes on. And, and you know what? Again, like I said, I kind of fault uh, policing for being so insulated and not really giving people a peek into Dude, the profession. I mean, no matter what the media has done to us, yeah. no matter what politicians have done to us, it falls on us. Oh, yeah. It yeah. falls on us to be, think about it, you're recognizing a threat and trying to mitigate it, work the problem. You, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. see the threat in front of us. Yeah. This is why with Project Sapien, we're like, fuck you, no, we're talking about it. Yeah, exactly. We it's, see the threat. It's the elephant in the room that needs to be talked about. Right. That's it's it. It's... No matter what anybody's trying to do, we know people are vultures. Oh, yeah. We know people are fucking jackals. Yeah. 
right? Yeah. We know it. Oh, Why yeah. can't we fucking step up? I'm sorry. The, the one person in uh, in Minneapolis that I am going to fucking dog is the chief. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The chief for fucking, what did he quit the next day? Yeah, he uh, resigned. He resigned the next day. What kind of coward bullshit is that? Yeah. yeah. Train your fucking people better. <sighs> exactly. That's the thing. That seems to be the norm also. You know, we start. Uh, resigning or quitting or whatever. Right. That's, that's he was worried about his pension. Yeah. He quit because there was probably some legality that allowed him to retain his pension no matter yeah. what happens. Yeah. Let's call that out. Yeah. Like, why aren't we, why aren't, there's a million cops in this fucking country. Yeah. I would say what? 700, say 70% of them are actually street guys. Yeah. 30% command and all yeah. that shit. Yeah. Call this shit out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and again, you know, uh, like I go into the article, once again, not enough training goes into defensive tactics. Not enough training yeah. goes into the firearms. You know, a patrol officer may get 8 to 12 hours a year in defensive tactics. May. Yeah, may. You might even get four hours if you're lucky. <laughs> and those four hours are, check the box. Okay, you know how to handcuff someone. <laughs> okay, take your baton out. Okay, you got your baton out. That's another check in the box. And an hour lunchtime. Uh, we're, well, not really an hour. It's more like two hours. <laughs> got to go to like... Good restaurants and eat. <laughs> you guys know, you guys know this is all true. Yeah, exactly. Well, like like the whole thing with detectives, right? When we go into work, the first three hours is... <laughs> Deciding breakfast. for breakfast. Well, no, eating breakfast, coffee, and shooting the shit. <laughs> and then at around 11, we have to think about lunch. Uh, so a couple hours thinking about lunch to eat lunch. Yes. We eat lunch, and then we turn the lights off to take a nap. And then the last hour of the day, we'll get a couple reports done. This is a very busy day. It is. It's fucking exhausting. It's, it is. Mentally, it's draining, man. When you got to think about where you got to eat. Oh, my God. And, and you can never agree on one spot. Savage. Oh, yeah. When you guys disagree. Oh, yeah. oh I wanted Bertucci's yeah, today. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That fucking Iman. Yeah, exactly. I already had fish the other night. Oh, well. Whatever. You, you guys get into, like, couples arguments. You never listen to what exactly. I want. Exactly. <laughs> oh, we argue about, who, you know, how much of a tip we leave. I mean, we're cops. We're horrible at math. So, it, you know, imagine a, a bill getting split 12 different ways, and you're like, Ugh. You know how we used to do that? We used to do that at Special Ops a lot, right? Yeah. We'd go out and eat, especially on the bikes and shit, and we'd always be like, okay, it's $300. We'd split that, and then we'd always be like... All right, everybody just leave a five for yeah, a tip. Yeah, everybody exactly. just leave a five, and yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah. The girl would get like a $100 fucking tip. <laughs> Made her <laughs> Thank day. you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, we just didn't uh, want to admit how bad we were at math. Oh, my God. <laughs> All right, yeah, go on, go on, right, go on. Let's go back. So um, now here comes the other thing about u- use of force training. Do we actually train and, and know and understand our use of force standards? No. Exactly. exactly. Fucking far. No. Yeah. You, you you get the freaking pyramid, you know that 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 Menad Menad knock uh, use of force pyramid. I said it right. You did. All right. I'm so, impressed. Hey, I may have blacked out. I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, use of force model across the country, uh, depending on departments, officers may get eight hours worth of training or a refresher course, and that's right. it. But all officers have to continuously train and have a very clear understanding of the use of force model and so does the public so uh, politicians the legislative who who make these rules and policies they don't even understand it no they don't it should be a requirement that if you're going to make these issues that deal with the public Mm -hmm. you have to go through them yourself Mm -hmm. 
Like, I'm sorry. If I was, like, a governor or something, I would make these fucking policy changes. Here's the thing, though, right? You get, there are times where a use of force happens and you have a passive-aggressive guy. All of a sudden, a taser's coming out and you, you know, new guy or whatever, so even a senior officer lights him up with, right. with a taser. You're like, uh. Right. Oh, no. fuck. Fuck. That, right. Yeah, no. I mean, you know, so, so, but a lot of cops don't research it enough or don't study it enough. Other than, you know, use of force instructors and DT instructors, firearms instructors and use of force instructors are the ones that learn it. But it is also incumbent on us as instructors to continuously hammer that into Absolutely. our guys it, and not, girls. Not only that, but to look through your policies and see, test them out, see yeah. what's working, what's not. Yeah. Right, because we say it all the time. Something in L.A. won't work the same way as no. in Boston. Yeah, exactly. Right, because you have different people. Exactly, exactly. That's the thing. You're different totally people, right. different attitudes. Right. You know, around here. So, so it's it's you have to train on these things. And once again, most of the time, it's up to the individual officer to learn. So when an officer's sitting there, right, on their freaking these days, their iPads and their freaking cruiser watching movies <laughs> because it's a slow day, whatever. In reality, like with me, I'm a nerd. I'll open up books and I'll read certain things, and and one of them being use of force. And same thing with this uh, Force Science Institute. And Pete's gonna put the link of the article. I really recommend uh, everybody go on their website and read their research. Yeah. It's science, fact based. It, it's not COVID science. It's guys. not COVID science. <laughs> it's it's uh, real science. Right. Uh, it's not uh, what do you call the. Uh, Spectral investigators, all right? It's not ghost stuff. It's, it's actual real good science. So reason why I just said that is because in my city, there's an actual office. Really? Of spectral investigators that we that I found once, and we could not stop laughing. I actually took a picture of it. I'll find the picture and send it to you. Go visit. Oh, uh, well, they were closed, actually. Uh, uh, I knocked on the door to see if they were there, but they must have been out hunting ghosts. Hunting. <laughs> but, uh, this is awesome. But I really wanted to, to uh, talk to them. Show but, up in, like, a ghost fucking outfit one day. Dude, that will freak them out. <laughs> so the three examples I provide above and, and the article at, over at um, uh, uh, Force Institute, um, training, that's pretty much what it comes down to. What, are, what happened in, Minia, in, in Minnesota, Berkeley, uh, not Berkeley, um, Brooklyn Heights. Yeah. Or, yeah, Brooklyn Heights. Yeah, that's what, yeah. So what happened there? It, it all comes back to training. So I'll be interested to see when, when the release of the training records, you know, and all that stuff for the officer, uh, what it's going to look I, like. I got a feeling that there's going to be a lot of missing shit. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of missing shit, or it's going to be like, she came on the job in 1978, was trained in use of force in 82, yeah. 92, yeah. 2002. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, that's what it's going to look like. That's exactly what it's going to look like. So it's 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 sad, right? And and there are officers who also don't care to learn more. They, we know that. There's the other elephant in the room. Yeah. There's again, 80/20 split. There are officers that could give a fuck about any of this and only want to work overtime, right. work their shift so they can go to sleep and then wake up for their next overtime shift and continue this cycle. And not give a shit about anything else. Not give a shit about anything else. Right. You know, and, and that's the truth of it. You know, I, I talk to you about it all the time, how much I miss special ops. Yeah. Right? I sent you, we reviewed together one of those uh, body camera 
footages the other day. Yeah. And I remember I didn't send it to you for a critique, which I wouldn't have minded. Yeah. Right. But I sent it to you in the in the guise of I miss it. Mm. And I remember after it reviewing it for my own AAR and saying to myself, man, I need to brush up on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Right. And I'm fully fucking, I fully admit it. Yeah. Right. You went to training the other day. You yeah. were like, fuck, I need to brush up on X, Y, and Z. Yeah. My other concern, we had talked about this, my other concern with that, and I'm not dogging anybody that I work with, but the person I went into that room with wasn't anybody that I've ever trained with and had zero room clearing training. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think you might have picked up on that. Well, that's why when, when you sent me that video, and again, you know, I, I thought you were sending it to me to show me, like, because you were actually busier directing him. Exactly. You took, you know, you, so, so to me, again, as, as you know, me and you think the same with SWAT and everything. But you're still an outsider. You're and still it's not an me. outsider. Exactly. So I'm looking and I'm, I'm seeing what you're doing is great. But at the same time, I'm also seeing that you're distracted. By? By teaching this new guy. Yes. Or, or is he a new guy or is he? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Newer. Newer guy. Um to do the right thing to make both of you be safe, but right. that distraction could cause you to miss that deep angle. Exactly. Because uh, I, when I you said deep angles, yeah. I'm like, let me send this to him. Yeah. I mean, because it was dark where you were, it was middle of the night. You, you guys right. were using the fl- weapon mounted flashlights. Yeah. You could have missed something because I, I saw you point a couple times. Hey, make sure you cover that. Make sure you cover right. that. Like, so you were busy to make sure this kid survives whatever is about to happen. Right. You know? And at the same time you were distracted because you were point. Right. You know, point guy can't take his eyes off. You know that. Right. Point guy is just locked on yep. your point, and that's it. You tell, you just call out whatever the threats are, and the guys behind you cover those threats and do whatever you got to do, but you didn't have that luxury. Right. So so I get it. it, 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 it and again, it comes back to training. But what, what I'm trying to get at with that is you saw it from the outsider point of view. Yeah. Right? You saw it as you're still active in SWAT and all that shit. Do you think it would be difficult to train people to do that simple motion that we did there? I'm talking patrol guys. Oh no, it's not. It's not hard. If you did an actual four six hour course, yeah, you'd get these guys fucking having fun. Yeah, right. But you'd get these guys to lock that down. Well, you know, so so it's funny. So every year, you know, there's SWAT school, and we do a SWAT school uh, with my team. But what we do is we open it to all departments, not just guys. Who, oh, do you really? Yeah. So not just guys who want to be on SWAT, like to try out or sure. do whatever. But we open it to all departments because I get the mindset: if we're able to train some patrol guys yeah. on these tactics, they'll know what we're doing. That way, if God forbid something happens and they need to jump into the stick, they have a little bit of experience. Absolutely, dude. And I agree I agree with that 100%. I was talking to uh, one guy a while back, and uh, he was like, oh, fuck that. They're not SWAT. They should. I'm like, and then I pointed that out to him, and he was like, oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, absolutely. I was like, absolutely open it up for all departments. I think patrol guys should go to some sort of SWAT school. Yeah, it doesn't have to be everything. No, it doesn't have to be everything. It doesn't have to be the the, the special weapons and all no, that stuff. No, it's not. It's not about. It's just room clearing tactics. Right. That's all you got to do. That's it. Gets you in the mindset. Exactly. Get exactly. you in that warrior and, and, fucking and, mindset. And that that one week that they have at SWAT school, they love it. 
It's because fun. That's, it is. I mean, <laughs> you're shooting thousands of rounds of sims, yeah. and, and you're always up-tempo. You know, your heart rate's up there all the time. Something like that. Break it down, right? Break it down psychologically. Somebody that's going to sign up for that has that minor interest in it. Yeah. And they're going to get to it, and they're going to love it, and it's going to just make them a better cop. Actually, our chief uh, sends... Uh, officers, like if it, even if you're trying out for the SWAT team and SWAT school comes up, he will uh, ask for whoever wants to go, but then he'll also select certain officers to go randomly or people that he thinks have it in them. Not just no. So if you're going to try out for SWAT, yeah, you have to apply, yeah. and then the chief has to approve it, and he, you know, then you go. But yeah. when the SWAT school opens up, he'll ask for, hey, anybody else want to go to the SWAT school? Not gotcha. to get on the SWAT team, but just to, to go, go through this, it. To go through it, yeah. and then that's when you know he'll get requests or whatever, and he'll send you know, three, four guys gotcha. uh, to go there. Not just the actual trainee or the, the SWAT operator. Right, 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 right. Okay. Um, he'll, he'll send others. So Dude, That's which, awesome. Which is, again, I, I, that's a great thing to do. Everyone, all these patrol guys need to learn what we do, and they need to train like SWAT all the time because, you know what, like I always say, SWAT usually is late to the game. Right. Patrol is what's dealing <laughs> with... I mean, we just had that uh, 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 suicidal guy go into the woods recently, and patrol obviously were the first ones there. Then SWAT went to relieve them, right? Right. But guess who was there first? It was patrol. Right. So they, they, and and some of the ARs was, you know, some of them weren't behind cover, some of them were this, this, this. So it's like, yeah, they need to learn these things. You know, so patrol, a patrol guy needs to learn that, yeah, you got a guy in the woods with a, with a firearm, you're not going to see where the shot came from. Right. Get behind cover. Maybe you'll hear it. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> get get behind cover. You, you won't know? even hear it. So, so they had to adjust the patrol guys around, you know, to help with the perimeter to make sure they got cover. But these are not things that are taught enough on patrol. These things are fucking available. Yeah. They're not new things. No. Why the hell... I just don't get it, man. No, I don't get it. I, I mean, but at the same time, it doesn't matter because Sapien's going to fucking offer them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put this training together. And, you know, if you're going to become a cop these days, right, if you're, you're going to sign up to be a cop, all you need is a high school diploma and a driver's license. <laughs> yeah. You know, but of course, with a robust background, uh, background investigation, you might get mediocre selection of new officers, especially these days. These days. And, and, but since when as Americans settle for mediocre? You're right. Look, my, my, again, it comes back to a holistic thing, right? Yeah. My biggest thing is the background. Yeah. My biggest thing is it doesn't, you can be a PhD and be a fucking moron. We know plenty of them. Right? <laughs> you can be a PhD and be absolutely amazing. Yeah. We had a guy that was, uh, we had a literally a combat surgeon mm. in our stack almost every time. Yeah. That's awesome. Right? He yeah. was a surgeon that, that donated his fucking time. I think I know who you're talking about. You do? Yeah. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah. yeah. Great fucking guy. Yeah. In In Watertown during the whole marathon bombing shit. Right? Yeah. Same thing. He was right next to us donating his time. Yep. He's the PhD that's smart. Yeah. But you can have applicants that'll get on this job and be lawyers and they'll suck. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But you can have the kid with the high school diploma. That'll be great. Oh, uh, that's the thing. Again, you know, uh, why settle for mediocre, though? Exactly. Especially with training. Exactly. Why, well, yeah, I, yeah. Why settle? And yeah. same thing with the applicants and you guys and all that. Why settle for mediocre? You know, is this a legacy we're going to leave our children? One thing we need to do is we need to ramp, revamp training for police officers Fuck so they yeah, can man. 
be the best at their jobs. We need to revamp training so we have officers who are confident in themselves. And that's the biggest thing is confidence. Yes. Not cockiness. Not confidence. Exactly. With confidence comes good decisions. With good decisions come good outcomes. This job requires a type of caliber of cop and society that should demand it from their elected officials. 100%. Demanding it. Demanding it from their elected officials. Here's the way I look at that. Right, we got a couple minutes. Yeah. Here's the way I look at that. For our population, mm-hmm. for our numbers, for the amount of police contacts that happen every year, we are fucking awesome. Yeah. As a policing of a society this large, this diverse. A free society. A free society this large, this diverse. We are fucking great at what we do. Well, here's actually, uh, you know, again, uh, little off quick off top not so much off topic but you know me and my wife were talking and we're like you know what what other country recognizes all the religions and all the holidays exactly <laughs> you know what i mean so, so i'm like you know what you're right but in so many ways we are fucking awesome and yeah. what we're doing is we're watching this shit slowly being faded it's like a bad paint job yeah it's slowly starting to fade yeah and people aren't realizing what they're asking for with all this defunding shit, and they're not realizing what they're not asking for by not demanding it from their elected officials. You and I pay a lot of money in fucking property taxes, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I demand that this fucking town be safe oh, yeah. and have those quality officers and the quality training. I yep. demand it. Uh, Fuck absolutely. you. Absolutely. At the end of the day, we're civil servants. Yep. That whole, we pay your salary, I don't want to get into that, but we do. We pay each other. Thank well, you. Well, yeah, we pay our own salary. <laughs> but so you see I what I'm saying? It. Yeah. Like, I I demand of myself to be the best cop that I can be for my community. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're paying for this shit. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, they're paying for it. They deserve it. Yeah. They. De- I, mean, I mean, you know, again, for the civilians, go to your elected officials. Say, hey, why aren't they training enough? Why aren't they trained in this? You have a right to know. Exactly. You don't, like, there's certain things that they don't have a right to know, right? Like, yeah. well, they do, but it can be... Like OPSEC, yeah, like SWAT oh, yeah, yeah. training, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's stuff. You, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. But why not bring Project Sapient to train your, yeah, to train your community? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm in great article, brother. Yeah. Like seriously, really, really, really good article, and we're gonna get, we're gonna get the uh, what was that article? Called? Oh, the uh, four science. The uh, four science. We're gonna get yep. that up on the on the YouTube. It's the, called uh, a theory of. Uh, Oh, unintended. A theory of taser and weapon confusion. Yeah, right. it'll be... I'll yeah. link it on there. I'll bank backlink it on the YouTube and all that stuff. Yeah. But, dude, awesome article. I mean, these are things we have to talk about, right? Absolutely. So, guys, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. We want to thank our supporters. HavocJournal.com, JimJunkies.com, VectorShields.com, WellnessForWarriors.live, LiveBoston617.org, EagleEyeFirearmsMA.com, ODKit.com. We love you. Stay safe. Stay sapient. Peace out.